Hello everyone, welcome to Van Life and Chill. My name is Forrest Stevens, I'm your host, and today I'm talking with Frank, who I just filmed a van tour with not that long ago, but he's driven across the country and has experienced more since I talked to him last, and we get into a lot of the reasons why he got into van life in the first place and some of the benefits that he's found and some of the peace that he's found with living this lifestyle that connects him more to nature and more to himself. So I hope you all enjoy this episode of Van Life and Chill. And before we get into it, I just want to tell you about a community that I've got going on Discord. You guys can join absolutely free for the first month, so there's no risk involved. And the community is really based around helping you get into van life easier and avoiding the costly mistakes and having to spend less time doing research. On there, I offer one-on-one -on -one help through your build process and beyond, and there's also a growing community of van dwellers and van enthusiasts who can help as well. So consider joining that by clicking the link in the description. Now let's jump into this show. My name is Francois. I'm a modern-day nomad. I'm 31 years old, and uh, yeah, what you see is what you get. Can you tell me a little bit about your van life experience? Van life experience has been uh, pretty uplifting for me in many ways. Um, it's really shown me what I'm capable of, uh, what, uh, how I'm able, how adaptable I am. It showed me how to um, really slow it down and uh, get back to the core roots of what matters. And for me, that's just uh, how I carry myself in the world. Interesting. So how long have you lived in a van for? I'm coming up on four years now. Okay. March 8th will be the uh, four-year van anniversary. <laughs> nice. So what got you originally interested in living into a, in, in a van? It was honestly a YouTube video. But I want to say the YouTube video is what, like, pushed me to, like, do it. Um, it wasn't van life necessarily at first it was just like the i was always into like the alternatives like i was building tree houses when i was a kid building little forts in my room with like an under bed you know it was like a bunk bed and then underneath was like it was just i was always into like living in a different like sleeping in a different way i always experimented growing up but i would say that uh the tiny home movement really made me aware that there is another way but the actual like van life was 100 of a youtube video that i was like oh my god this is it people live in vans it's like that's genius <laughs> interesting and within a month after that the van was in my possession and what was your first van it was the van i'm in right now it's a 1998 Chevrolet Express van. So you've had the same van, but uh, in the tour that we filmed together a few months ago, you mentioned that it's gone through a, a few different iterations. So maybe tell me a little bit about what it was like when you first got it and, and how you've developed it into uh, a space that is comfortable for you now. All it was just everything was stock. It had like the seats in it, had like a tube TV. Um, from the moment purchase to the moment leaving, was I want to say two months and a good month and a half. I couldn't even like see the van because it was in another city because I bought it in another city, parked it, and then w went to live to the city where I was at. 
because there wasn't enough parking. So eventually I was like, screw it. I'm going to get it. It's coming back with me. And I'm like, I'm doing this, you know? And I just bought a sheet of plywood after taking out all the seats, made it very simple. Found no joke, like dumpster dived a single mattress. Like while I was building this thing, the apartment I was at, you know, I was like, oh my God, there's a perfect foam mattress, you know, I gave it a good quick sniff and I was like, let's go. Took a pallet, took it apart, made a little kitchenette and that was it. Loaded the stuff I thought I needed and I just hit the road. So it, there wasn't much thought for myself into it. It was just like, I'm a go-getter. I just wanted to immerse myself into it and just live it. What was it like the, the first little while that you moved into the van? What was uh, some of the changes that you experienced? I would say that just in my heart, I felt that it was the right thing to do. And so I just followed that feeling. And, and it was actually a very uplifting experience for the first, I want to say, month. Uh, I would run into random people and it was like a small affirmation of um, what I was doing was was the right thing. And I even went as far as like starting a blog and I wanted to raise awareness of there is a different way of living. You don't have to, you know, rent or finance or mortgage or any of that. I was like, I want to raise awareness on this. So I went to a decal shop. And I, uh, I told the, uh, the owner, like my whole story, I just wanted a big, like hashtag Mully the van, you know, so people could find the blog. So I slapped that on the back. Um, but rewind, like I went to see the lady at the store. She listened to my story, said, yeah, I'll make the decal for you. I went to pick it up, uh, after she notified me it was ready. And she said, we're closed today but I've taped it to the door. It's on us. She said, just get out there and do your thing. So it's just little affirmations like that within the first month. And it still happens now. Uh, that was really, uh, reassuring. Yeah. What a positive experience to have. Very good. And I was even in the first month I was able to, to help one of my friends in a, in a, like in a house crisis, you know, he was in a, in a place where he was, it was either homelessness or, you know, I was like, I can do something about this. So I offered him space in the van and we shared the van for 30 days in Revelstoke, British Columbia. Nice. And so that was another, you know, uplifting affirmation that what I was doing was indeed uh, for me, the right thing. What was it like uh, adjusting to the actual lifestyle of living in a van? I guess I would say that for me, it was, it was an easy transition based on my lived experiences, my choices in life. Uh, I would say it was an easy transition for me because I was always, you know, out there adventuring. Like I'd load up a bag, I'd get on my bike, I'd go for an adventure. You know, when I worked a nine to five job on weekends, it was like, we were gone backcountry canoe camping. So it was like thinking of what we needed and bringing it out and surviving for those, you know, three, four days. So jumping into the van, I was like, this is just like a long camping trip. So I loaded everything I thought I needed and yeah, it was an easy transition for me. And how about, uh, so that, that sort of sums up a little bit about the beginning kind of journey of your van life experience. How has it developed? since then and and what's your van like now 
Quick little interruption from today's podcast to announce the winner of the high boost giveaway that I did for the past few weeks. Uh, Jason Headley, you are the winner. Congratulations and thank you all to everyone who submitted their entries and who uh, participated in the giveaway. I plan to do more of these in the future as well as work with some sponsors just for ad placement and all that good stuff. Now let's get back into the video. How has it developed since then and, and what's your van like now? In the beginning, I was kind of gung-ho, didn't really care about anything. I was going to figure things out as they come. And then through the different changes of the seasons, I realized like I needed uh, more sustainability in the winter because uh, it always fall time came around. I was like, okay, it was kind of like I was in limbo. It's like, what am I doing? Am I, am I doing this or am I going to settle somewhere? So the first two years uh, settled in the winter. So temporarily rented some space from a friend. Second winter came out to um, BC to do the ski resort, rented on the mountain. And then third winter was last winter, which I just went for it. I said, you know what? I'm not going to rent this year. I'm just going to go with the flow and trust that the universe has got my back. And sure enough, I got in contact with one of my old friends and through chatting, he told me, he's like, there's a space in my driveway for you. I've got a plug in if you need it. So I happily took him up on that. Uh, and that's another thing I want to just take a second and say that van life has taught me to be more dependent on people. Uh, I feel like like we're always so dro driven to be independent. Like I have my own money. I have my own space. I have my own food. And I think it's okay to be dependent on one another once in a while. Cause it's not until you're really stuck and you really have to ask somebody that you're like, this is uncomfortable. But the more you, you know, ask someone for help or, or not even ask, or if they offer you the help, not to be proud and just be like, yes, you know what? I am going to take what you are offering me. It's been nice to be able to depend on people throughout this journey. And then we got ourselves on the fourth winter, which is right here right now. I've got the little Chinese diesel heater, like I showed in the interview. It's a piece of junk, honestly. Like I'm not lying. I'm not having a great experience with it. It's working. But it's like, I don't even trust it. It's safe. It just, sometimes it just doesn't start. But again, like I'm in my best friend's space right now using his laptop, his internet for this podcast. And he's been kind enough to say, hey, Frank, shit hits the fan. This bedroom is yours. So that's cool. That's nice. So once again, being able to kind of accept some help and, and rely on others, like you said. And, and that's such an interesting point because I feel like a lot of people get into van life for sort of the freedom of it and sort of the, I guess, a little bit of independence and sort of self-reliance and sort of all I need is to fill up my van full of water and charge my batteries and I'm gone, you know, and it's that there is that aspect to it. But, uh, um, I think, I think you're right. I think as individuals and, and collectively, we need to be able to accept help and ask for help more often um, because everybody wants to help each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well said. 
So I'm curious to hear a little bit more about this, uh, about living in the winter in your van, because so last, last winter you did live in, uh, the van and, um, what did you do to sort of prepare your van for that and prepare yourself for that experience? Last winter was my first winter and not going to lie. I was, I was nervous about it. I didn't know where I was going to end up. Um, I ended up in what I thought was going to be the coldest, uh, but it turned out to be a pretty mild winter in Ontario last year. But to prepare for that, what I did was I went to a U-Haul, uh, like a, the big U-Haul kind of rental places. This was in Kelowna and you could buy moving blankets. And those are nice. And I was like, to me, I was like, that's like a little bit of an insulating factor. So I bought, I think four of those. Um, and I built like a blanket fort, like around the bed with a little cubby to, you know, go into it. And so the idea behind that was that like when I'm sleeping, my body heat would just keep that space relatively warm. And, and it did the trick. Honestly, it, it was amazing. Uh, very depressing though. I would say by, by the second month, I was like, okay, like I'm ready to, cause the blanket fort was just very invasive inside the space. You know, the space is already small and then you fill it with this box blanket, you know? So, I was, I was quick to like tear it down. Cause I was like, I need to be able to see everything. You know, the windows in the van for me are very important. Um, but yeah, that's how I prepare myself. U-Haul moving blankets. I got some, uh, a couple of space heaters and I made sure that I accepted the offerings from my friends. These are all things I did to prepare. And, and you didn't have the, the Chinese diesel heater in your van yet at that point or at that point, no. And the van was, there was no insulation, nothing. So it was just like a, a shell with, you know, the bed and the necessities and the blanket fort with a couple of space heaters. Wow. That's actually pretty amazing that you were able to handle that. There was lots of days where I was hanging out with friends in their homes but just as many days and time spent in the van by myself, journaling, you know, and being creative with my out outlets and, and whatnot. So yeah, it was an experience that I will never forget because I realized how adaptable we actually are as humans. It, I didn't even wear like a jacket for most of the winter. I wore my jacket maybe five times. Other than that, it was just like a nice thick wool sweater. My body just adapted. We'd be standing outside and my friends would be shivering and I'd be just standing there like, good. And I was like, I wonder if this is because I immediately just put myself in, you know, a different climate. Yeah. 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 We are very adaptable as a species for sure. Good man, if you think about it, man, we go from our houses to our cars to our jobs without even like experiencing more than 15 minutes of cold. You know, we could start our car and warm it up and you just have to bear through that cold for a few seconds, you know, and get in your car. But when you're, when it's the flip side, you end up going in a house and you're like, oh, you know, I'm getting hot in here. <laughs> so yeah, very interesting. 
That is interesting. So when I saw your van, though, you didn't have the the blanket fort set up. You had done some renovations and and sort of improved your van quite a bit by the sounds of it. Yeah, I had to I had to do a complete gut because that's just what I wanted to do from the beginning. And all the hard work I had done in, in like all the carpentry in the year before just broke my heart, you know, because it's like it's a waste of resources. I'm like I was going through these weird phases in my mind. I'm like, like am I just not content with what I have? Am I just blaming my surroundings for my problems? But then I came to realizing like, that this is my space. This is my nest. This is my, you know, I got to make it comfortable. And like, if I'm in here and I'm not happy, obviously it might be something inside of me, but I just have to make the space workable for me. So I just gutted the whole thing. And I said, starting with insulation and from there whatever ideas came to mind i just went with it and you did uh rock wool insulation in, in quite a bit i mean it, like anybody who's interested can watch the tour i think you talk about it but you built uh, a frame sort of inside your van and then insulated in that right full like full bats of rock wool insulation which are four inches thick i just just wanted to make sure that like the rig was ready to go that I didn't have to like start thinking about what it was going to be like in November, December, January. Now it's just like, I'm good. Yeah, definitely. So what also you, you lifted up your van as well. That was like a, that's a pretty big upgrade. Um, maybe tell me about the importance of doing that. For my van life experience, the importance of the lift and um, I guess the, the better tires was definitely just to get deeper and deeper into nature because that's my main therapy is just getting out there in nature and just being with nature if you give it a chance you'd be surprised at like how many animals are very curious and they just approach you um, without fear you know it's just an uplifting experience so the idea was to get the van in a better state that way i can get over some fallen trees or I can go through some, you know, little obstacles or, and yeah, so I just wanted to get out there in more remote areas where there's no cell service and just be the first, I want to say two and a half, three years of was of tra traveling in the van was the traditional, uh, touristy spots, uh, easy to access off the pavement. Uh, but I wanted, I wanted it's almost never enough, but I just, I needed more. And it's just nature for me, more nature. Yeah, definitely. What have been some of the, some of the most memorable experiences that you've had in your van life journey so far? Meeting a bunch of random people and having six people in the van, just like chilling out, like doing whatever we want in that moment. So just, I think the memorable moment is just seeing the people that are curious like when they step into it and they're looking around and they talk about themselves and their dreams that's memorable to me because it makes me feel like i'm doing just a little bit some a little bit of something you know i might be inspiring someone to to chase their dreams and if that's and if their dream is a nine to five then go for it man like i'm not saying um your dream should be my dream I'm saying that 
me living my life, I've seen it spark things in people. And that's, that's super memorable for me. But yeah. And then just as an example, yesterday I was driving around and there was good views of the mountains and it was like, I had never seen them before. Couldn't believe it. So just what you're exposed to in terms of nature, if you get out there. Those are just all the memorable things. Basically, all of it is memorable. <laughs> what do you think you've learned about yourself from living in a van? I'm more patient than I ever thought I was. And that's for many reasons. Just the experiences that have come with van life, sharing, you know, the van with a cat. You open the door and you, you don't have your guard up and he's, he's out, you know, and, and you got to be at a certain place for a certain time and you're like oh my god just letting go of like hey whatever it is that i'm said to be at a certain time for it can wait you know i just gotta you know go hang out sunny get him back to the van but an older version of me would have been like the cat would have jumped out and i would have been like oh, for, you know just angry i would have got angry that the cat's making me late for the thing when really it's like, uh, so I've learned that I can change. Anybody can change. I've learned that I'm more than capable of changing uh, my mindset, my way of living. It sounds like also like you're kind of more present as well. Like you're just kind of like dealing with the task at hand. Yeah, rolling with the punches, so to speak. I used to work as a barista in a government building in Ottawa prior to uh, being a vanner. And a lot of the customers, like I told them exactly what I was doing. And they're like, oh my God, like, what are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do if this happens? I said, you know what? Like, figure that out if it comes. And I'm like, I'll cross that bridge when it gets here. So today's the future we worried about yesterday. It's not that bad after all. Yeah, that's that's right. A lot of our fears are just uh, made up in our minds. So I'm curious to know a little bit more about you and and uh, maybe see if your upbringing had anything to do with you living in a van now. So yeah, I'm just curious, like, what was your upbringing like? And do you think it had anything to do with you living in a van now? That's a deep question that I've honestly never considered. At one point in, in the van journey, I... I reflected on like my the grander part of my life and i think i went too deep in your question but i'm thinking of, of like the specific time where i looked at my life as a grand and i looked at like you said um building tree houses uh doing carpentry with my grandfather um helping my dad fix the brakes on the vehicle uh, and then getting into school and getting into like vehicles and then out of high school, uh, building a car and just like mechanically, it just, I looked at the broad of my life. I was like, I did everything in my life for living in a van. You know, like I'm, I'm my own mechanic. I'm my own carpenter. Um, I'm my own therapist. So it's like, yeah, I guess like my upbringing and my experiences in life might have subconsciously guided my life to van life but specifically i do not know well it seems like you've learned the skills and it's 
I mean, obviously, I mean, you've been doing this for four years. It's obviously a conducive lifestyle for kind of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what are some of your personal beliefs that help bring you up when you're feeling low? I am enough. Just, just that simple thing. Like I am enough when I'm, when I'm low, um, to add to that, just, I get outside and breathe that fresh air. It's something I do. I would definitely say when I find myself kind of in that fuzzy area in the head, kind of can't focus on one thing or there's just too many thoughts. I open the book and I just start writing them down instead of letting them float around in here, write them down. Um, yeah. So those are some of the things I do when I'm feeling down. Other times I just fully embrace it. Other times I just fully embrace the, the feelings of whatever it is I'm, I'm feeling like not do something to avoid it, maybe be with it first and then uh, make a, make an informed decision on, you know, getting myself out of that state by uh, journaling outdoor therapy or yeah. So a couple questions about sort of your, your van life experience more um, specifically, again, um, this is one question I feel kind of obligated because it's a, it's a common question people have, but what do you do for a toilet and shower? In all honesty, number ones are the easiest. I have a funnel that just goes right to outside, a funnel in the tube goes outside. Number two, it's all about where I'm at. What time of day if i'm just waking up and it's like man i gotta go now without shame like i'll do what i have to do in the van um you know i'll use like a, a the lugaloo it's got like uh it started with the lugaloo it's the pail with the toilet seat just put a plastic bag in there do your business wrap it up throw it out i've even gone as far as like ditching the lugaloo and just putting the plastic bag right on the ground and saying you know what like i'm an animal I need to do this business and this is the best way I can think of doing it right now. So it's just like dealing with it. Showers. Um, I went to the hot springs yesterday. Does that count? Oh yeah. That's better than a shower. There we go. So uh, usually once a month I get out to the hot springs now that I'm in BC. Um, but I just, I just got my spots, man. I got like, I got some friends that are just super welcoming and generous. And I just, I just, truck stops, truck stops are some of the best showers I've ever had. And you mentioned in your tour as well that you kind of go without a little bit more than maybe the average person. I would say, yeah, absolutely. The first time I went, you know, three weeks without a shower, I was like, you know, reflecting on my life. I was like, is this okay? Is this, is this okay? And I reflected, I said, you know what? Me not showering doesn't change like who I am in the world, right? If I don't shower and it gets to the point where it's noticeable and someone's uncomfortable with it, that's not my problem. Uh, obviously in a workspace, that was an interesting kind of situation. I would say I even got fired as a van lifer because of my personal hygiene choices. Really? Oh yeah. I've had, I've had one, one employer, uh, buy me deodorant. And it was like, a, she was super nice about it. Like I told her why I don't use um, those kind of products. 
and she went out of, out of her way to get like a natural product and brought it in. So I opened, I took it with open arms. Uh, but let's just say I didn't last three months. But if I reflect on like my performance in the job, it's like I was doing the job. But I think there was just some things that just didn't work for the employer, which is fine. But yeah, definitely gone a long time without showers. Uh, but I, I've gone as as basic as filling a sink with a little bit of hot water and giving it a rinse, you know, it as in the private areas, the, the spots that kind of get soiled quickly. Um, and then, you know, baby wipes, you know, you clean the little crevices here and there. You just, yeah, it just gives you a chance to get even more in, t- in tune with your own body. What kind of areas do you find to park at usually? The easiest ones on the side of a street, in a parking lot, uh, municipal parks, beach parking lots. And I'm that guy that does not give a shit what the sign says. If it's a place, if it's an empty parking lot and it says no overnight parking, to me, it's like, this makes no sense, you know? So I think there's other places where I do give a shit. Like if it was like downtown Metro kind of setting definitely wouldn't mess with those parking guys because they're serious about their jobs and I definitely don't want parking tickets. Right. But then you get the odd time where you find like that super epic spot that you just can't stop getting pictures and you just can't stop thinking about it when you're parked in that parking lot. You're like, Oh, I wish I was in that spot. Really? As long as I'm getting some rest, I'm good. I'm happy. And uh, what do you do to make money while traveling and, and on the road? Uh, currently, I'm unemployed and collecting EI. Um, and if you don't know what EI is, it's employment insurance. Uh, other than that, the jobs just show up when needed. Last winter, I was getting low on funds. Like We're talking, you know, I had $1,000 to my name insurance coming out like the next month and i'm like i don't know what to do started applying for some jobs got some interviews next thing you know my best friend calls me he's like i want you to come work for me so jumped on that saved some money i was very conscious of what i did with my money and how i spent my money in order to be able to survive you know, X amount of months without having to worry. But right now I'm cruisy with um, an automatic paycheck and I have to do nothing. But I'm going tree planting and fruit picking in the season to come. So more focused on the the piecework, some kind of, you get paid for what you put in. So that's that's what I kind of like, because I've worked some jobs where I've, put in a lot and it just, it goes unnoticed in so many ways. And it's not about the pay really, it's just about the recognition. So putting myself in a workplace where I'm recognized is a must for me. That sounds good, man. Um, you know, you mentioned parking in places that, you know, had some signage. So I'm curious if you've ever gotten the knock before. Oh yeah. I've gotten the knock. Three times, four times, maybe. Um, I would say the first two times was me testing, 
you know, where I can and can't park. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go into a federal park and, and it says like no parking from this time to this time. And I'm like, let's see what happens. Um, and an officer came by and, you know, he's just doing his job, doing his rounds and said, you know, you guys got to move on. Another time it was just like, um, the overnight, no overnight parking sign was there. Officer came in, just wanted to make sure check in and didn't say anything, didn't ask us to leave. So I would say the knocks have been good experiences. And then I've had like times where I was napping, no joke for us, napping, like just the most blissful sleep. And then one of my friends knocks and I'm like getting up, I'm like, oh shit, you know, like super weird. I'm like, oh, it's just my buddy, you know? But those have been the funny ones. That's cool. I mean, your van is so recognizable too. If you park anywhere where you know people, uh, I'm sure they would come and say, say, what's up? That's that's one part I really liked about. I mean, we lived in Victoria in our in our camper for a couple months, and our our friends would like see us parked in a parking lot and just come by, and we'd hang, you know, impromptu chill session for a few hours. You know, that was awesome. It was so much fun. I love that. Yeah. And sometimes it happens like, like you said, just at random, just not expecting it. And you just like, I think those are the, those are fun moments for me. Cause it's like when, when I have to plan something ahead, it's almost like, oh, you're putting so many like expectations or like, I don't know. There's just so much pre-thought that goes into hanging out. And then when it just happens, it's like, oh, you know, the spur of the moment. Uh, where do you think you'd be right now if you hadn't gotten into the van? Shit. Could be dead for all I know. Uh, but I honestly, probably in debt, I would probably maybe be like a year or two into a mortgage. I, I don't know. It's just like, it's almost like when the van happened, it's like, the, the, you know, like the, the lifestyle, when I got introduced to it, it was just like, I just forgot about everything else. What advice do you have for somebody that's uh, thinking about getting into van life? Embrace it. Like really tune in with like your, yourself. I would say even like go as far as like meditate on it to see how you feel when you think of like the van life. And uh, that would be the advice. Yeah. Just check in with yourself. Uh, talk to people who are doing it and be able to tell the, you know, reality from the lies. Hopefully you can, hopefully if you do have an interest in van life and you're, you're looking out there, hopefully you're looking at the realistic aspects of it. And of course, looking at the, you know, the glamorous end of it, because that's why you're doing it. You're doing it because you want to have that kind of feeling of blissful perfectness. So chase that, but inform yourself, I would say. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to talk and touch on the idea of minimalism. And uh, if that was interesting to you prior to getting into the van, or if sort of you know, and maybe just the, the process of having to sort of minimize your possessions to live in such a small space. What was that process like for you? The process of, you know, living with all the possessions I used to, to now isn't very different. 
It's just I've been able to sift out the ones that I actually need. And man, I would say that even like minimizing kind of led me to van life. So going through like, I think I minimized before the even even the idea of van life, because it was that that wonderful Netflix documentary with those two gentlemen, I think it was called like the minimalist or something. And I watched that and I found that very fascinating. And it made me reflect on like my own life in terms of the relationship I have with material goods. And um, yeah, I think just accumulating so many things over and over the years to the point where we had to, I had to move apartments because I needed more space for the things. And then getting into that apartment was a little bit more per month. And then that's when I started doing the math, doing calculations, like what goes into this monthly rent and the, the life that I live right now. And it, I was shocked at how many hours I had to work just for, just to cover rent. And I was like, this is, this is making no sense. And then I was on my way to work one day and I looked up at the apartment building and I'll never forget this. I got like full body chills, huge apartment building. And I'm like, that is someone's dream. Someone has realized their dreams and they have all these people living in their building and they're just cashing in whether their dream was to own real estate or to make cash money heroes, you know, but I looked at that apartment building and I said, when am I going to, when am I going to live for my dreams? Like I'm going to work right now to put the, you know, realize this guy's dream. So I, I had to put my foot down and say, I got to realize my own dream and live my own life the way I want. So just all those transitions from like having all those things to moving in a place to house those things and then doing the math. And then that's when I was like, I'm getting rid of some shit because I don't want to have to pay for this apartment. And uh, we had, I had literally just signed a, a one year lease. There was a wonderful woman who, who took it over. I don't know who in their right mind would want to pay $1,200 a month for, no, no, I can't anymore. Someone else can, but not me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what's next for you, Frank? Your guess is as good as mine. But if I had to say like my, my goals and ambitions is definitely to uh, develop something that's more of permanence, but I have this crazy idea of not doing it the traditional way. Like I just want to go out there, use the land that's available to us and the resources without, you know, molesting the area that I'm going to use. Um, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pay like land taxes. I don't want to do these other things that are kind of standardized just in order to build a house. So, yeah, I think what's next is just, uh, getting out there and exploring another avenue of building. And that would be building in nature with nature. 
That sounds really exciting, man. And uh, where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at the golden mullet. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing today, man. I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Hey, it's my pleasure. And uh, I'm really glad you invited me on. And I wish you the best of luck with all the other um, interactions you're going to have with the van lifers. And I definitely have to say that I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm just in the middle of uh, the interview with you and Jesse. Uh, him and I have been contacted a little bit and I'm excited to see what he's got to say. And I'm excited to see what else um, you, you find out there. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thanks everyone for watching. I really hope you enjoyed. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to check this out on the uh, audio podcast platforms and all that stuff as well. Uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Um, just thank you guys. And, and really, if you've come this far, I really appreciate you listening to the whole thing. Uh, and, and hopefully it was helpful in some ways. We release new episodes every single Thursday. And if you've come this far, you must have a serious interest in van life. So you got to join this van enthusiast community that I've got going. First month is totally free. If you don't enjoy it, you can cancel at any time. And uh, on there, I offer one-on-one -on -one support for your van build process as well as beyond into your van life experience. So consider joining, consider becoming a part of that community. Links in the description. Thanks everyone and until next time.